welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hello and welcome to the episode of the Service Combination Property Podcast. Now, I am actually going to be doing three things at once. I'm not good at multitasking, so let's see how this goes. I am going to be doing a Facebook Live into the Progressive Property Community, so that should be this one. And I'm also doing a Facebook Live on my own page. And... I'm also on the phone to Sharon. I'm going to be doing a live mentoring call uh, with Sharon. So can you hear me, Sharon? I can very clearly. Thank so you. Sharon, I've got you coming through on my phone. And so I've got an iPad recording. I've got my um, Mac uh, recording at the same time. And so I'm trying to get as much done at the same time as I can, as well as doing a, a mentoring call. Okay, then Sharon. So Let's see how I can help you with serviced accommodation. And for those of you that are tuning into this live, I'm not going to be doing any sort of live interaction on people posting questions as we go, uh, because this mentoring call is is for Sharon. Um, I should be able to see any comments uh, after I've done the video, and and uh, if any if any of the comments are easy for me to answer just by typing, I will uh, type some quick responses. But uh, that's how I'm going to play it. So I'll I'll answer any comments uh, after I've done these lives. And so this is for you, Sharon. So, okay, Sharon, how can I help um, with you and service accommodation? Over to you. Right. So far, I am two years into my property journey. We've got six properties acquired in just over 14 months. And uh, all of them, the aim was to buy them or acquire them as buy-to-let properties. So I'm at the consolidation stage now. Uh, it's just a case of do I go forward with um, potentially, as I say, in the next couple of years, do I change my strategy and go to rent the SA or HMO? Or do I, I've got a couple of friends with properties, uh, possibly explore supporting them and helping them to turn them into SA. Okay, Sharon, so it sounds like you're at a bit of a crossroads here. <laughs> I am. And a bit of a crossroads. So you've got multiple different avenues and directions you could potentially go in. So um, first of all, where whereabouts do you live, Sharon? I live in Essex, South Essex, near South End, okay. near the airport. Near the airport, yeah. Cool. I've got some uh, good friends that do an SA down, uh, down there. So it definitely works in in Southend. Um, might have to give a quick shout out to the to the the McBains, okay? Because they're down your neck of the woods and they're doing uh, service accommodation and they're doing really well. Um, actually, they also do HMO. So you know, um, either or works clearly. And so those buy to lets. Did you say six buy to lets? We purchased five in our investment area, which is Stoke on Trent. Okay, so you've got you've got five five in Stoke on Trent that you've purchased. Yeah, five. Two bedroom uh, terraces, uh, and we've got an apartment we've inherited in Rochford. 
near the airport. How far is that? Oh, where, whereabouts is that located, Rochford? From the airport, three miles or so. From from what? The airport. Which airport, uh, Sharon? South End Airport. South End Airport. So I was talking. We're talking about um, Stoke on Trent, and then so you've also got a a property near near the uh, South End Airport. Okay, that's cool. And so we've got our own property, which is unencumbered in Rayleigh, which isn't far either, because potentially we could uh, do something with this and then just move to Stoke or go travelling in the camper van we will buy. Okay, so the five by-to-lets, they're two-bed terraces. Now, yeah. let's talk about that first. So are they currently let as uh, service accommodation? No, it was all by-to-let. Oh, sorry, are they currently let as by-to-let? Beg your pardon. Three are let. Yeah. One's just been refurbished, so that's about to be let. Uh, we've got a couple of people interested in that. And then we've got the last one, which is on a mortgage, Got four more years to the mortgage. We've got to refurbish that. Cool. Okay. What I would be tempted to do, if you did want to um, give service accommodation a try, the ones that have currently let with tenants, I would just leave them alone. So it's a case of just let sleeping dogs lie. And the ones that aren't yet let to tenants i would seriously consider doing service accommodation with those and the reason is that i'm also you know a buy-to-let landlord i mean uh, i started off in buy-to-let in 1991 and i've been doing it ever since and i've still got buy-to-let tenants but what i have started doing in recent years is when i get a property back from a tenant i give it a will as serviced accommodation uh, yes, I do some due diligence on it. So if it's a little bit too far out of this uh, in the sticks, then I don't give it a go as service combination. But if it's in a town, uh, so yours are in Stoke-on-Trent, yeah, just yeah. confirm, yeah. Uh, so if it's in a town, Stoke-on-Trent um, will work perfectly well as service combination. And yeah, it's in Hanley. Okay, and is okay. there is there hotels and is there shops and? And businesses yeah, and stuff. It. And it's in the beautiful location opposite a park as well. Okay, that's cool. And so service combination is going to work there because my buy-to-let terraced properties or my bog-standard terraced properties in towns, um, in cities, they work brilliantly well as service accommodation. Now, one thing that um, just took me by surprise is just how well these bog-standard terraced houses would work as service combination. And the main reason they work really well as service accommodation is because of contractors. And so contractors, when they're going on to Airbnb and booking.com, they're looking for accommodation. And so a two-bed property, you can easily sleep five contractors in a two-bed property. You can have twin, twin beds in the bedrooms and you can have a sofa bed in the lounge. And We've contra- also got this property. It's on a mortgage for four more years. We could potentially buy it. But it actually has a separate lounge downstairs. There's a little uh, entrance hall. So potentially it could have three bedrooms. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And so you can accommodate several trades, quite a few trades in a two-bed, in a three-bed property, 100%. And their tradesmen are more interested in saving money on hotels. That's what is motivating tradesmen. And that's what 
is going to get you your booking. So when they're going on to booking.com, they will see how much it's going to cost for staying in guest houses, B&Bs, hotels. And then if you've also got your serviced accommodation uh, property listed on booking.com and Airbnb, because and you can list them there for free, then they will be able to see that five people staying with you is going to represent a significant saving on booking.com or Airbnb or whatever platform it is, there, whatever online travel agent they're coming in at. And so you can make a, a significantly uh, greater amount of money from the same property as service accommodation than you would do as buy to let. How do I know that? Why do I have that opinion? Because that's exactly what my experience is. And I'm not talking about uh, any posh places. I'm talking about you know, bog standard terrace property in Swansea, in, in parts of Swansea. Um, and we're not talking about, we're talking about just outside the rough area or just outside the Bronx as the, uh, as the analogy goes. So nothing fancy and they work really, really well. And typically in, in these sorts of areas, you know, £25 a night per head per person is quite often what these trades have got as a budget and that can um, save them plenty of money uh, but make you lots of money so you could easily have 120, 125, £150 pounds per night for your properties that you could only rent out for a whole month for you know 600 quid or something like that. And so a lot more money to be made. And then what you find is that tradesmen and women sometimes, obviously, they will initially book you via booking.com and Airbnb. And then what you do is you suggest to them that because they can only book for 30 days. And so you say to them, how long are you staying? What are you here for? And what you can do is just say, well, you can book with this direct for as long as you want. And therefore, you can offer them a discount from booking via booking.com or Airbnb in the future. And that can be a lot less money for them. And then you're saving on paying um, the OTA fees, which are, you know, depending on which OTA, OTA you're on, there's circa 15% fees on any booking. But then when because they're booking with you for a really nice long period of time, you have not got any void. So we're not talking now about one night, two night, three night service combination bookings. We're talking about one month, two month, three month, four month, five month bookings. That is my experience. And I'm I'm literally got some of these terrace properties that I'm cash flowing a couple of grand a month profit on. This is after all costs, um, which is it just blows my mind to be honest, Sharon. That that this is possible, and I I sort of accidentally stumbled across this because I thought I would just give my bog standard terrace properties a whirl. I started off getting apartments. And they were fine. And, you know, my worst performing apartment, I suppose, is about £500 profit. But I, I struggle with apartments to get over a 1000 Quite Some some do. Um, the really, you know, the really good ones, the ones that have been going a long time and have got really good uh, average review scores and all that, then they're more likely to get bookings. But with my bog standard terraces, I can get to well over £1,000 profit a month almost immediately after releasing them on onto Airbnb and Booking.com, mainly because of the trades, mainly because I've got single beds in them and the trades are quite happy to share and save themselves money on hotels. And, and the other thing that the trades like about it is they've got their own lounge, they've got their own kitchen, and so they can stock the, the fridge up and the cupboards up and they're not spending a, a significant amount of money in the bar and in the restaurant. Okay, so... 
they um, are not spending a significant amount of money on the beer behind the bar. You know, five, six, seven pounds a night, whatever it is, a, a pint, whatever it is. They can just get their cans in or whatever it is, you know. And so they're saving money then as well. So it's a genuinely a win-win situation. So what I would definitely consider giving giving it a go, Sharon, is those ones that you haven't already let to buy to let tenants, giving it a go as serviced accommodation. Now with those, with that one, we've got a mortgage. So would we need to change the mortgage over or get permission? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that you can do is um i think i might even have michael uh watching on this is you can you can speak to a, a broker so michael primrose is a is a, a broker and he is someone that can help you switch mortgage product onto a suitable service accommodation mortgage or he can help you get permission with your current lender to allow um, serviced accommodation now here's the thing: if it is, if you bought it with a buy-to-let mortgage, and you haven't yet used it as buy-to-let, then that makes it a bit more difficult to get permission. We haven't yet because it needs refurbishing. Right. Yeah. It could be something to do in a year or so's time and plan towards it. Yeah. Do your courses, do the learning, and then bring it in as part of the planning for a year's time. It's something to weigh up because uh, clearly, if you've if you know you've got to consider whether or not you've got early redemption charges. Um, you obviously need to get get permission if it's on a buy to let mortgage. Some some lenders are more strict on this than others. Some will give you permission. The way you ask as well is important. So please, you know, you can't say, "Can I do serviced accommodation?" You you need to be saying, "You know, can I do furnished holiday let?" For instance, they're more likely to give you permission if you're phrasing it that way. But uh, anyway, you know, you speak to a broker and the broker will give you advice on that. What your options are. Worst case scenario is you have to switch products onto a, uh, a with a lender who will do a product for you on service combination and some of the rates are really competitive at the moment i've been seeing 1.9 interest only 75 percent loan to value with with certain lenders i know that santander uh, a lender that have uh, been allowing you to switch and, and giving permission for you to do service combination there's certain lenders that are doing a a buy to let and service accommodation hybrid product under exactly the same product. So you can do one or the other with, with that. So um, it's worth speaking to a broker on that, Sharon. That's that's my advice on that. What about the council tax yep. on insurance? Cool. And we've got them all in our own name at the minute. Yes. Now then, so council tax. The situation with serviced accommodation, so properties used as serviced accommodation. You're going to either be paying council tax or you're going to be paying business rates. Now, then, what you can do is once your property qualifies um, as serviced accommodation, so um, 140 days being um, advertised as serviced accommodation, being you know available as serviced accommodation, you're then eligible to go on to business rates. And so... You get the VOA, the Valuation Office Agency, involved, and they will come and assess your property for business rates and do their, their multiplied, and it can be different areas can end up at different rates of business rates. Is it the council? Yeah, you, you just phone up your council and ask to speak to the Valuation Office Agency. Okay. And they will come out and assess you for business rates. So I'll, I'll give you an example of when... A specific property, the first property that we did this with. 
He was a bit late, the VOA coming in and assessing us for business rates, but he eventually got us onto business rates. And this was for a, a one bed apartment in a block of flats. Okay. So a purpose built block of flats, apartment block of flats. Okay. And so he assessed us for um, business rates because we're being used, we're using the property essentially as furnished holiday let, which is what the vast majority of people actually doing service accommodation are doing. They're doing furnished holiday let. And so because it took him a while to get us onto business rates, we've been paying council tax when we should have really been on business rates. And then we apply for small business rates relief and you can get, you know, 12 grand a year full relief on business rates. And because the business rates weren't anywhere like that, they were similar to what we would be paying on council tax. We got small business rates relief. And actually, we ended up not paying council tax or business rates because we moved from council tax to business rates and then we got small business rates relief and therefore paid neither. But what we also got is a, oh, I can't remember how much, it was about a six months council tax rebate. So how does that sound, Sharon? Does that sound okay? Yeah. And area dependent, they will, some areas will allow you to have more than one property to qualify for small business rates relief. Okay, and it's the owning entity that qualifies for small business rates relief. And so you own in your own name. So it's you that qualifies for small business rates relief. Um, If you were doing property on a a rent to SA, it'd be your operating company that uh, qualifies for small business rates relief. Okay, not the owner on a rent to SA. It's you as the operating entity. So what you're saying is that once it's ready for letting once it qualifies as as service combination um so once it qualifies for uh paying business rates about 140 days then you you can contact the voa in advance and tell them exactly what's going on and then they will come out at some point and assess you for business rates find out how much you should be paying as business rates it is calculated on the single bed spaces of the property if it's a double bed that'll be counted twice and what they shouldn't do, you should make sure that they don't, is include the sofa bed. If you've got a sofa bed in the lounge, they should not count that. Okay, so they should do a, a multiple of the single bed spaces. Okay. And so you're going to end up coming in. Here's, here's the thing on, on, on business rates. This is not my opinion. This is the opinion of um, my, the business rates, an independent business rate surveyor is that 80% of property in the UK correctly assessed for business rates will actually be cheaper than council tax. Okay. All right, so so you shouldn't be afraid of of business rates and you should take advantage of small business rates relief. And the 140 days, is that the time you are allowed to let it for? No, you can let your property as service accommodation all year round. So yeah. don't get confused with the 90-day rule in London. What's the 140 days then? That's just to become, uh, to qualify for, for going on to business rates. Okay. Okay, so once you've been available as service combination for 140 days, then you're eligible to go on to business rates. Okay. Okay. And do you have to let it for 140 days? No, available. You... Okay. In Wales, it's actually let for 70 days as well, but that's Wales. So okay. available for 140 in uh, England, Scotland, in Wales, um, actually let for 70, as, okay. as I say. Okay? okay? Yeah. 
So council tax versus business rates, nothing to be afraid of. And the reality is that the vast majority of councils are not chasing people to go on to business rates. Now, the reason for this is, is that business rates go to central government and then the councils get a, a little bit of that back. But obviously, councils that collect council tax, that, that stays in their coffers. So okay. let's read between the lines here, Sharon. I'm guessing that most councils um, would prefer just to be collecting council tax. Yeah. Because okay? uh, it would be very easy for them to go on to booking.com and Airbnb, see where all the properties are that are being used as service accommodation, and literally um, send out letters in order to say, look, come on, let's get you, get you on to business rates. But they're not doing that, and so they clearly uh. don't have an appetite for doing that, and that's probably why not. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? So nothing yeah, to worry yeah. about about council tax. You're all good so far. Are we, are we ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So if you are using a property as a uh, serviced accommodation, then you need to speak to an insurance broker and uh, an, an insurance broker that can arrange short stay, furnish holiday let type insurance for you. Okay, because buy to let insurance does not cover you. So yeah. it's literally a case of instead of having buy-to-let insurance, you have short-stay, furnished holiday-let type insurance for the property to cover you. Just in case uh, one of the guests slips up in the shower or something like that, you're, you're covered. And so what you should do is actually, if you're going to do service accommodation, you need to set yourself up an operating company. So just a brand new limited company, which is ABC Lettings or ABC property, company, whatever it is you're going to call it. And that is your guests will will essentially be signing the terms and conditions of your operating company and they will be booking via your operating company. And it's your operating company that will have the relationship with uh, booking.com and Airbnb, etc. So everything everything is just funneled and channeled through your operating company. Are you with me so Even far? Yeah, absolutely. Your operating company will just run it. And so you'll have a sort of, you, you don't have to have an official contract between you and your operating company because it is your operating company, but your operating company will essentially run your serviced accommodation. If you use the same company to manage somebody else's properties, then you would set up a um, a management agreement and have a management agreement um, between your operating company and the owner of the other property. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. Okay. So you don't have to worry about it, Sharon. You just open, you can go on HMRC's website or speak to your accountant and you can have uh, a limited company set up by the end of today. It it honestly is as simple as that. Costs you about 12, 15 quid to do it yourself. If you ask for an accountant to do it, they'll probably charge you 100. Mm Mm-hmm. So they just open up a company with Companies House, ABC, Residential, whatever you want to call it, and um, that's it. You've got your limited company. Is there a criteria, the number that this sort of organisation would have? Yeah, so you would speak, probably speak to your accountant and they would give you an ad- advice on which, do you mean the SIC code? Which SIC code? Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, have? yeah. Yeah, they would give you advice. I don't know if off the top of my head uh, what the SIC codes are, but depending on whether you're doing rent to SA or operating your own or, or doing SA management, um, you need to have a, a certain SIC code, but just get advice from an accountant on that. Okay. One thing I, I need to add, when you have a uh, limited company and you're operating via a limited company, so you have 
You have furnished holiday let insurance for the property, but you also need limited liability insurance for the limited company. Yeah. Okay, so that you have limited liability insurance so that if, you know, heaven forbid, a guest uh, slipped up and hurt themselves in the shower or something like that, then they would claim off your insurance. They wouldn't be after going after any of your assets. And the operating company, this is really important, Sharon, should not own any assets. Okay. okay. It's, it's just a clean operating company that owns no assets and no property is owned in that limited company. And therefore, heaven forbid anything happened, somebody would just claim off your limited liability insurance. Okay. That makes that's sense? Uh, yeah. So that closes the loop on the insurance side of things. Hopefully that's clear. So if I decided I wanted to carry on with this as right to that, not do anything with it for a year or so, and I have the opportunity to rent a property and then turn it into SA, would I set up a limited company to do that? Well, you could set up another uh, a separate one, but what you could easily do is just use your operating company to do a rent to SA. Okay. And your your operating company, if it was direct to landlord, you would use a. Uh, did you say you were coming on my course, Sharon, on my on my service accommodation <coughs> course? I am with my husband. Yes. Okay, with your husband, that's fine. That's great. And so, ultimately, what we do is we we give our um, people that come on our training, we give you all of our paperwork, all of our documentation. So we will give you our management agreement contract. And so if you are doing rent to SA via a landlord, direct to landlord, then you just sign, get them to sign your management agreement and we will give you that. And you just change the, the heading of it to your own company. Okay. If you are going to be doing rent to SA direct to a letting agent or, or get a property from a letting agent, then my advice is that you use their company let agreement because... Ultimately, the letting agent will have a management agreement with the owner of the property. So the owner of the property is given a letting agent their property and the letting agent will have a management agreement in place. Are you with me so far? Yes. And then what you do is you take the property from the letting agent using a company let agreement and you use their company let agreement. So this sort of adds the um, is this subletting type uh, question. No, your company is taking the property from a letting agent on a company let agreement, their company let agreement, and you are going to be using the property for your guests. You're not going to be using the property for tenants. Now, this is really important. And this is why it's not subletting. You're not letting the property out to tenants. You're letting it out to guests, guests who live somewhere else, guests whose principal prime residence is somewhere else. Does that make sense, Sharon? So it cannot be subletting. Okay. And so it's perfectly legal, perfectly above board, perfectly safe. And you just explain to the letting agent how you are going to be using the property. And one thing you just need to be aware of is that normally on a company let agreement, it will say the property is going to be used for your employees. What you need to do is change that to your clients. There might be other things to change in the company let agreement, but that's the one that is always the case. You always have to change that over. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you. Good, good. Any other questions on that? So, um, you would, you, the last one was uh, properties in your own name. Yeah. Specifically, what, what is it you need to know about that? 
Well, we will own it in our own name. Yeah. If we choose to pay off the mortgage. So uh, when you mentioned about coming for assets, I thought, oh, that could be a concern. And we haven't got any properties in a business name either. Okay, so are you one? Is it Section Twenty Four you're you're worried about in terms of having property? Owned? No, I'm not really worried about Section Twenty Four because at the minute our income isn't great enough for that. The way that we're we're doing it because we've got two daughters at university. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to time it. I can't see us doing essay yet, but what I want to do is just put it in a plan. Well, the the thing is, Sharon, with five buy-to-lets, actually, Section 24, what it's going to mean is you're not going to be able to offset all the mortgage mortgage interest against the rent to basically mean you're only ending up um, being taxed on your profit. What Section 24 is going to do is is say that ultimately you're going to get 20% relief, but most of the rent that you get in is going to be added to your income bottom line. And actually, yeah. it's going to make 600,000 buy-to-let landlords higher rate taxpayers. Okay, yeah, so, I don't think it'll do that for us because okay. of the way I planned it. All right, that's fine. Um, but no contract. Our mortgages are not great. We are reducing them. Okay, that's great. Um, so, so just for, for those li- people listening in, what I'll say is that if properties are in your own name... If they're used as buy-to-let or HMO, you, you're going to be affected by Section 24. Whether or not it pushes you over the, the next um, tax threshold or not, you're going to be affected by it. But the very same properties, if they're used as serviced accommodation, then Section 24 does not apply. Okay, so okay. you can carry on, Sharon, buying properties in your own name and you can carry okay. on using those as serviced accommodation and it doesn't matter what what's going on, you can still offset all of the mortgage interest against the service accommodation income. Whereas with buy to let and HMO, Section Twenty Four means you can't. Okay, then that's worth knowing. Yeah. In moving forward. And then also, what I'm going to allude to now is that you can also qualify for capital allowances in service accommodation, whereas you can't with buy to let and HMO. And what that typically means is between, let's call it 35%, 35% of the purchase price of the property or 35% of the purchase and refurbish costs of the property, you can get back as a capital allowance. So, uh, okay. so if the properties cost you £100,000, you can get 35 grand's worth of capital allowances, which then means not only are you not going to be affected by Section 24, you can earn £35,000 tax-free. Okay. Okay, so this is where it gets to significant incentives for people to do service combination instead of buy to let and HMO. And actually, mm-hmm. when you mentioned rent to SA earlier, if you're doing rent to SA via a landlord and you do it on a, a management agreement, and if you are able to structure it so that the landlord is getting a fluctuating amount of income monthly so you might do it on a percentage of turnover type arrangement then guess what that landlord can also avoid section 24 and that landlord can also claim their capital allowances oh okay what that means sharon is that actually 
you are going if you you're coming on my service accommodation training and I'm going to help you know exactly how to do this and how to set this up and how to incentivize landlords to give you their properties as rent to SA and yeah. they can then avoid good, section 24 and claim they, capital they are affordable in Stoke but they're definitely not affordable properties are a lot more expensive yeah no uh, I was just talking about rent to SAs remember yeah Okay, so you've got existing landlords with properties yeah. all over the country. So it's going to work in Stoke-on-Trent. It's going to work in Southend. Rent to SA is going to work all day long with existing landlords. So purchasing yeah. property to do SA, well, that's obviously another another scenario on, on that, the affordability of that. Yeah. But, but I, that's what I do too. I purchase property to do service accommodation, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I've got two friends that have got properties that we could potentially do do that with yeah yeah um and so um, you can create a win-win situation sharon where you're you you use your operating company to do rent to sa with them and ultimately they avoid section 24 they can claim your capital allowances you don't have to buy the property and you do service combination with it and you can easily be earning a thousand pounds a month profit per rent to sa and i haven't paid all the money out in stamp duty no you haven't bought it so it's literally no, no money down property investing. And I've got properties from landlords where they've literally brought the property to me, furnished, refurbished, painted, good to go, everything that's needed in there for serviced accommodation. And they're bringing it to me like that. And I just literally take it, take it as it is. So we're not, I'm not even paying out on, on furniture. On one specific example, I didn't even pay a deposit. I just paid the first month's rent. And actually, I had three and a half thousand pounds worth of bookings in for that property before I even paid the first six hundred pounds rent. So, how easy is that? Yeah, you've got all your systems set up, and that's another thing that I'd have to do. Well, yeah, you're, that's where we're going to get you, Sharon. You will be up and running, good to go, and you can decide how to move forward, moving your existing portfolio into service accommodation. That's what I do. And then moving forward, purchasing to maybe do serviced accommodation, but also doing rent to serviced accommodation as well. We'll cover all three acquisition strategies in detail with you and your husband. What's your husband's okay. name, Main, by the way? Timothy. Timothy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I remember, we, did we have a chat in uh, MSOPI in London? No, it was Peter. Oh, is it? it okay. So many MSOPIs. So many. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, uh, cool. He's coming on the course because because you interested him. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to know. It's good feedback. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. As, I'll take that as a compliment, Sharon. I've got a whole plan, a vision, what I want to do, which involves camper vans and log cabins. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you can use those as service accommodation as well. Yeah, yeah and I okay. Want to buy land. But anyway, it's another conversation. But I have a vision that there's nothing like it in the UK. So this is where service accommodation exciting will be appropriate. That's exciting. Listen, Sharon, we've been going for 37, 38 minutes now. Um, so I think for our, the, the you know the listeners and the watchers, that's a, a decent amount of uh, time for this episode and for this live. Excellent. So um, did hopefully you found that useful. I did find it useful. It's uh, it reinforced what you said in your first four podcasts that I listened to. Ah, okay. You've uh, only listened to four. That's good. So you've got plen- you've got a few more minute. to listen to. Uh, it's just fitting everything in, and uh, I have to fit it into a plan. So I need to have everything in place to be ready to go. 
Well, you're uh, doing the right thing, Sharon. Well, I'll definitely be able to help you with all of that stuff. Brilliant. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, thank you, yeah. uh, Sharon. Um, so just stay on the line for a second and then we'll have a, a brief chat. Um, so for those of you watching and for those of you listening, we hope you in- enjoyed that episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this Facebook Live as well and that you also got some good uh, value from it. If you liked it and you are watching this, then you know click like and, and type in your comments and I will get around to answering your comments um, as much as possible. So start typing away all your comments, all your questions that you would like me to answer. If they're easy enough for me to answer, then I will crack on and type the answers in them. So thanks for listening and watching everybody. And here's to your success in serviced accommodation. Take care, everyone. And I will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.